0: Hey there, I'm Lauren Hicks, pastor of Pacific Christian Center in Santa Maria, California. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. It's my prayer that this message strengthens your faith and draws you closer to God. Now enjoy today's message. Such an amazing job. Amen. I, I want to introduce you, by the way. We got a we got a new brother over here, Andrew. Wave, wave it, everyone. Say good morning. You may be seated. Andrew and his wife Abby, a beautiful couple who have joined us from uh, Lancaster, Palmdale area. If you know anything about that weather, they are blessed to be here. Amen. Just a beautiful couple who love the Lord, love the Lord, and uh, wanted to serve. How can I serve? And you hear this all the time. We're saying growth track. And they jumped right into Growth Track, and they just found opportunities to give and and give their talents and skills to the Lord. So this morning, if you're trying to consider, man, how can I get involved? I don't know how to play an instrument like that. And I, you know, I can't do that. No, but God wants to use every single one of us. So there is an opportunity for you to serve, and we encourage you to look at Growth Track the next time we're offering it, so you can be a part of that. Amen. Well, how many have something to celebrate this morning? Praise God. We are celebrating with those who got baptized. We are celebrating with those who were able to walk into the house of the Lord this morning. We are celebrating with those who have new life in Christ. Amen. And those of us parents who sent kids off to prom last night are celebrating that they are in church this morning. Hallelujah. I'm one of them. No, you know, we, Pastor Linda made a reference to, we we're celebrating our graduates on on, uh, Jan, on June 5th. And we're really excited because it's going to be a, led, a youth-led worship. They're going to lead worship. Our student ministries pastor is going to preach. You ain't going to see any of us old people up here. Well, we may sneak up here, right? We can't, we can't stay down completely. But they're going to lead. But that speaks to what God is doing in our young people's lives. That speaks to what God is doing because though many of them went out, they they went to prom and did the whole high school experience. They put God first and they're here in the house of the Lord serving, serving God's people and serving the Lord. So we, we certainly appreciate them. Amen. If this is your first time here, we're so glad that you have joined us. Uh, pastor Lauren Hicks was our lead pastor who was in the tank this morning, and uh, he, he, uh, he'll be preaching, I believe, next week. So you'll, you'll get to hear Pastor Lauren Hicks next week, but it is my uh, privilege to, to serve under Pastor Lauren as the executive pastor here. And uh, we just love the Lord. We love God's people, and we're so glad that you have decided to join us if this is your first time um, online. We welcome you, and we're so glad that you're here and you uh, have joined us. So... I'm not going to be before you long this morning. I've never really been known to be a long-winded speaker. (laughs) Pastor said me either. (laughs) You'll see us both at the altar right after church, apparently. But I've got a word that I want to share with you this morning that I'm so excited to share. And if you've been a part of the last few, four weeks, we've been in a series. And the series has been called, This Is My Story. And we've heard some incredible stories Boy, I encourage you, if you missed any of it, or if this is your first time joining us online, go back to our YouTube channel, watch all of them. Because in that series, we also were able to hear some powerful stories of people, not people that we paid, or actors that we heard. They had a really cool story and asked if they would come share, or we didn't fly anyone in to come share the story with us. In fact, we, there was someone, she's probably sitting right next to you this morning. He's probably sitting right next to you this morning right? Members of our own body here who have incredible stories of how Jesus changed their life. Our series started by hearing from Zach Hall, who's our bass player, and one of our, now one of our youth leaders who serves, and he shared the story of grace that was found in Jesus. Growing up in a home as, uh, with non-believers and he never really thought about faith and never really thought about Jesus, but one day, one day he leaned in and he heard and he felt the presence of God in his life and experienced that grace that he describes that can only be real because he knows it to be real. And that's what he felt. And we, well, then we heard from Al Swanson, who you saw up here on the worship team this morning, and, and pastor preached a message how Jesus gives a second chance. And Al said, that was me. He gave me a second chance. I was living a life. There he is. I was living a, I'm used to you sitting there, but my wife stole your seat. I used to, I was a life of, of drugs and alcohol, and, and, and my dad split on me, as, and I just had pain, and there was so much in my life, and I was lost. But Jesus gave me a second chance, and now he's serving the Lord and living for God and helping other men come alongside and say, Jesus can change your life the same way. That's powerful. It's powerful. On the third week of the series, our pastor preached a story of healing and forgiveness. And don't we all need healing and forgiveness? Our dear sister Connie, who's back there, shared how she was abused as a child. She was sexually abused and and found it uh, an opportunity to forgive this person. And not just forgive in her heart, but to speak forgiveness. And that person then went on to forgive others and and found the same love and grace that she found. And losing her child after 22 years, and God just healed her heart. And now she's a living testimony of what only God can do. Only God can heal and only God can help forgive. And last week we heard an amazing testimony by Israel. I think he's right up there. There he is. Who talked about uh, God giving him a new life. And Pastor preached a tremendous message how every one of us can have new life in Jesus. These are our stories. These are our stories. Israel going from a life of, as he calls it, the hustle right? So just now completely serving God and excelling in things only because of the grace of God. Friends, these are real people with real stories. Tell your neighbor, real people. Come on, tell your neighbor, real people with real stories. And guess what? The person who just spoke to you is a real person with a real story. Those who got baptized this morning, I'm sure if we gave them this mic, they'll tell you probably some stories that'll blow your socks off. Am I right? But God, but God, only because of God. So this morning, this message is really sort of, I, I, as I shared with Pastor, kind of an end cap, a bookshelf uh, end cap to the series that we're just coming off of. We have been blessed. We have been inspired. We have been encouraged by hearing about these amazing stories. And, and then Pastor bringing forth the word that says these aren't just coincidences. This is what the word tells us, that this is the power that Jesus has, the life-saving experiences only found in him. These stories, however, are not meant to be stories that are hidden or to just be held and, and shared just with those confidants in their lives. As hard as it may be sometimes to share these stories, they need to be told. They're stories of God's goodness and God's mercy and the ability to do what only God can do. See, it was God and only God that made this possible. Because none of these people said, I decided and so I made a plan. You never heard that. I made a plan that I would do this, this, and that. No, they all said, I gave it to God. They all said, only because of God. They all said, but by the grace of God. Because there's nothing good about me. But it's all because of the glory of God. And just as we've been encouraged by hearing these stories and We've been inspired, and we've walked out of here hearing the word that Pastor Lauren brought, and we said amen. We believe all that to be true. This morning, I want to encourage upon the rest of us that more than ever, the world needs your story. The world needs your story today. Because we celebrated and we applauded those who were courageous enough to get up here and share it. But every one of us in this room has a story, and it's time that we start sharing that story. It's time that we share our story with a dying world. Because this, this morning, if you just take a flip of the, of the news or you can just throw, scroll through your social media, you'll see stories that the world is telling that are contrary to God's story of grace and mercy and love and forgiveness and restoration and healing and, and deliverance. The world is telling a very, very different story. So it's up to us this morning to tell the world our story. This morning, I want to take just a few minutes and, and share a, a, a story from the book of, um, of Mark. And before we get there, you, you'll, you'll, I want to impress upon you the importance of us sharing our story, which is found in Psalms 105, verse 1 through 2. If you ever doubt whether or not you're supposed to hold on to your message or share it with others, Scripture tells us there to give praise to the Lord and proclaim, notice that's underlined, His name. Make known, underline, among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Everyone say this word with me. Tell of his wonderful acts. There were we're told to proclaim, to make known, and to tell. None of that sounds like it's supposed to be a secret. Regardless of how dark your story may sound, none of it is designed to be a secret. These are the opposites of privacy. It's to express it and tell everyone. Let's look at a story this morning found in the book of Mark where Jesus changed the life of someone forever and he was who was suffering, and then Jesus told him to go tell everyone what happened. It's found in Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 13. If you brought your Bible with you or your Bible on your phone this morning. We, we won't judge. I saw a meme this morning where someone said uh, it was they were giving a look at those who used uh, the paper Bibles and those who use electronic Bibles on their phones. They were giving them the look. We just want you to bring your word with you this morning, however you can bring it. Amen. My dad used to say because you never know if the preacher's lying to you unless you read it for yourself. We, we don't lie in this church though except maybe about being long-winded sometimes. Mark chapter 5 verse 1 through 13. It's a story of Jesus and how he restores a demon-possessed man. It may sound a little dark this morning with this story, but, but bear with me. Bear with me. They went across the lake to the region of the garrisons. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tomb to meet him. See, this man lived in the tombs. Let that set in for a second. He lived in the gravesite. He lived at the cemetery. And no one could bind him anymore not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and he cut himself with stones. Does it sound like a man who's suffering? Sounds like a man who's suffering. And when Jesus saw him, Uh, or when he saw Jesus rather from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him and he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. I read that, I thought to myself, bro, you're already being tortured. Don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he says, my name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And Legion represented many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. There was a large herd of pigs that were feeding on the nearby hillside. And and the demons begged Jesus to send them among the pigs and allow us to go into them. And he gave permission. And the impure spirits came out of the man and went into the pigs The herd of about 2,000 goes to show you how much suffering, how much was in this man that it took over 2,000 pigs. And they rushed down into the bank and into the lake, and they were all drowned. I want to fast forward to verse 18, because there's some activity that happened there with the city folk, and and they just got involved, and they were a little dramatic. But let's just go to verse 18 here and pick up. And Jesus was getting into the boat after he had done this amazing thing for this guy. And the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go, but he said this, go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go home to your people and what? Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. What's amazing about that is when you, when you research what the Decapolis was, it, it was actually a group of ten cities on the eastern front of the Roman Empire. So when it says he went and told many, he went and told many. Ten cities worth of people. Kind of became one of the first evangelists, right? Who went and told everybody what Jesus had done. And do you think his story fell on deaf ears? Or the Bible doesn't tell us what happened after that. But do you think those people, when they went and looked for this Jesus and their life was touched... And their life was changed. And they had been healed. And they also had been restored. See, when I hear this story of Jesus healing this man that was possessed, it was one of those wonderful stories that took place in the, back in the Bible times. Right? Back in the Bible times. And although I, I totally accepted it as factual since it's in the word of God and I believe the word of God to be infallible and 100% accurate, it fit better in my, in my imagination along with a a children's tale, because I couldn't relate to the time or the place uh, of this man in my own life. I had never had uh, these sort of demons in my spirit. I never was chained to a tomb, and I never cut myself with stones. So I would read this more as a Bible story and think, well, that's a great Bible story. And, and, and especially we've been watching uh, these, these dramatizations of the word on the chosen. And we just saw this episode recently, and the guy looked really cray-cray, you know, when we were watching this. And I, I just, I can't relate to that per se. But as I stop and as I think about that. And this morning you might say yeah, well that, that's not me but good good on him good on him that he found a deliverance. But the reality is church this is a story of me. This is a story of us. Every single one of us because like this man many of us were lost. Many of us were scared. Many of us could have been completely out of control sinners engaging in destructive ways, as we've heard in some of these testimonies. We've heard those who were living a life of pain and, and suffering, and, and maybe that was you. Without God, we had no peace. We had no hope. We didn't. And tomorrow didn't look any better than today, which was no better than yesterday. Our sin, our unrighteousness was fully exposed to God and to everyone else around us. We may have been completely out of control, hurting ourselves and hurting others. Simply just hopeless by not having the truth of Jesus in our life. So yes, we were him. I was him. You see, there's one thing important to understand, and that's this, that there is no one picture of a sinner. We all fit in that picture frame. There's no one picture of a sinner. We all fit in that frame. And guess what? We don't look so good in that frame. It's a selfie you can't take over and over till you get right. We all fit into that frame and but then Jesus. Jesus came And he healed him. Jesus came and he delivered him. Jesus came and he restored him, made him whole, gave him a right mind. Jesus has done exactly that with us this morning, has given us new life. Jesus has restored us. Jesus has removed the aches and the pains and the sadness and the sorrow and replaced it with hope and with love and with his power and with his salvation. He's completely clothed us in his righteousness. We sang about that this morning. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and spoken truth into our lives and continually renews our mind so we don't ever have to go back to that tomb, so we don't ever have to go back to that place where he found us. But guess what? He's not telling us to go back to the tomb, but he's telling us don't forget that we came from that tomb. Don't forget that we came from that place where we were hurting ourselves, but go tell everyone what was done only through him. I've heard some people say there's a school of thought, well, I don't live in the past. My past is my past. Praise God, it is your past. And I'll never speak of that again. Well, Christ tells us here, others need to hear about your past. Because the glory of that deliverance and salvation goes to God. And someone needs to hear that story this morning. See, if we've had a life-changing encounter with our Savior, then we ought to tell everybody and everybody. But why don't we? Many of us in this room have an amazing story to tell. We've got a story that, I, like I said, will knock people's socks off. But we're holding back our stories. And we're sharing them. But we applaud those who got up in front of camera and hundreds and over the course of time, thousands once they see them online. But we've got a story and we're holding it back. Why? Why are we holding that story back? Perhaps it's Fear. I might lose friends. I'm afraid of what will happen if people actually knew about me. If people actually knew about my past, the shock that might come. Or maybe it's, maybe it's shame. What will people think of me if they only knew? What if it's it pride that holds us back? How will I preserve my self-image? I've worked so hard to arrive to this point in my life only to tell people of my past. How how will they look at me then? Maybe it's rejection. This is my job. I need my job. I can't share this with my my job, with my clients. I can't tell my clients. They'll think I'm crazy what Jesus did for me. Maybe, you know, you're afraid people are going to reject you. I have four more years with these people at school. I got, you know, five years. Maybe when I can get it to retire, I'll tell everybody. Because I got nothing to lose at that point. Friends, we got nothing to lose now. The only thing that's being lost is people's souls, and they're being lost to a dying world, and they're being lost to an enemy who's trying to steal them. Maybe it's guilt. I don't want to relive that past, and maybe we're just flat-out embarrassed. We feel a little embarrassed. How can I ever look at people in the face again if I tell them the truth about my past and how I've struggled, or how I still maybe struggle, but only because of the grace of God? friends, with God's help, those feelings can all be overcome. With God's help, those feelings can all be overcome. Because we're not doing this alone. We're not asked to speak alone, but through the power of the Holy Spirit that is given to us to be able to share our stories and share this gospel. See, the enemy would use these feelings to prevent you and prevent me from sharing our story to a world that so desperately needs to hear this story. And the enemy will try everything to discourage you from doing it. To try everything from discouraging me from doing it and sharing. And why? Why do you think that is? He's not as dumb as we think he is. Because he knows what happens when you start sharing your story. He knows what happens when you start opening your mouth and telling people of the goodness of God. And what he's done in your life. And what he's brought you out of or what he's brought you through. How he has been your ever-present help in time of danger and in time of need. So what happens when we share our story? When we share our story, we inspire others to believe in Christ and to accept them into their heart. And that should be our number one objective. That is our number one goal. That is the primary reason for telling our story. The world needs to hear your story because they need to believe in this Christ and they need to accept him. Into their heart as their savior. It's telling of God's power. See, the greatest part of of telling the story of Jesus and and the love that the Lord has given and shown you is that now you have the opportunity to help others live a life for him and receive this gift of salvation, that they'll have a chance to know Christ in the way that you do. Our goal is for anyone and everyone, regardless of who they are, regardless of how they live today, to experience Jesus and make heaven their home. I'm reminded of a time, and I think I've shared this story with you, where um, Clarissa heard a message very similar to this, my 10-year-old, and I think she was probably it was seven or eight at the time. And she went home, and she told Cora, her friend, she says, Cora, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Jesus died for you. He loves you. Do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? And as a parent, it was so inspiring to hear that. Cora is our five-year-old labradoodle. So when the movie says, all dogs go to heaven, we're about to find out. Because Cora, if she wanted that treat, had to say yes. She got the treat. But our goal is that everyone would know and everyone would have the opportunity to experience Jesus. And your story is so powerful. Because it brings reality into this message. Because they can see what God has done in your life. See, we're not just encouraged to do it, but we're commanded as believers to do it. Jesus tells us in the Great Commission to go and preach the gospel. You may not stand on this stage. You may not use this mic. But every time you open your mouth and you share your story, you're, you're preaching the gospel. And Jesus commands us to go and tell of his great salvation. He wants everyone to know about him, from, but everyone has got to hear from someone. You are that someone. I am that someone this morning. Second Peter 3.9 says, the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And how will they hear unless we tell them? I love the story that we heard from one of the missionaries who, who said that they went out and, and they were in a village and they shared the, the message of salvation to a, a tribal people and, and they all were amazed at what this Jesus had done for them and, and, and they told their story. They told stories about what Jesus had done and the missionaries shared stories of what they've seen Jesus do. All of the people in the village accepted Jesus into their heart and the mission had been complete. And as the missionary was leaving, one of the tribal leaders stopped and said, wait, 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 wait. We forgot to ask you something. After spending, you know, months with them there and getting them prepared to understand the word and continue to do God's work. And the missionary said, what's that? And she said, when did this Jesus happen? When did this happen? And she said, oh, friend, that was over 2,000 years ago. And her response was, then why did it take you so long to tell us? Why did it take so long for someone to tell us? People have been lost in this village for years. Friends, why are we taking so long to tell people? We're living in a hurting world. We're living in a world that's dying every single day. We celebrated jokingly our seniors who went out to prom and they're serving the Lord today. But there's kids who went out last night who woke up with serious regrets this morning. There are kids who made decisions last night that God did not want for them, but they were not told the message of Jesus. And that is on us. We have an opportunity to share our stories so others can be changed. The purpose of sharing our story simply is to point people to Christ. Because you alone, I alone, I don't have the answer. And you don't have to know it all. You don't have to have gone to seminary school. You don't have to have a degree in theology. Praise God. If you have questions, I love when I text pastors, I got a theological question for you. And he says, oh, I love these. Let's see. And we have these great conversations because I know he's got a master's in theology. And he knows the word back and forward. But you know what? You don't need to do that. We have leaders who we we can lean on and they can help us with that. Our job is simply to tell the truth as we know it. Our job is to simply tell our story as we know it. My son was telling me a story this week. Well, it started by telling me he was late for class and marked absent. So I was going to have to tell the school, but I got a good reason, dad. And he went on to tell me that one of his friends that he'd been ministering to on his baseball team came up to him and said, Moses, you're going to be proud of me. Somebody asked me about Jesus. And and I started to tell him what you told me, but I ran out of answers. He's got a ton of questions and Moses said he sat with him, and he was asking him a bunch of questions. Well, if Jesus loves me, then why why would people go to hell? You know, the tough questions. If Jesus loves us, then how come some people won't make it to heaven? Shouldn't everyone just go? And he began to tell the story of salvation, and the questions got deeper and deeper. And I love what he said. He said, listen, I don't have all the answers, but this is what I know, that Jesus loved you so much he died on the cross for you. And all he wants is your heart, and he'll show you everything else as you go along the way. Isn't that the truth? And that's all we need to know. What we experience to be real in our lives, because that's what a testimony is. It's what we know to be true, because it's what we've experienced in our lives. And that is sharing our story. The other thing that happens when we share our story, and this is important, our faith is restored. Our own faith is reinforced. As believers, it reinforces our faith in Jesus and salvation and this amazing God. See, our story doesn't end with victory over the battle because there's a whole war that we're going to face. Ask Zach, ask Al, ask Connie, ask Israel who, who shared all their stories with you. It wasn't over once they gave their heart to Jesus. It is a constant battle but we're not fighting this battle alone. And so sometimes when we tell our story, our own faith is reinforced. I know they were encouraged as they shared their story with us. They were re-inspired because they were reminded of this amazing God and what he had done in their lives. I grew up, as many of you know, as, as, a, as a son of a pastor. And, and uh, I always heard my dad sharing his story, sharing his testimony. And in fact, my, my siblings and I would laugh, and, and we would say that we can recite it almost verbatim. And as he would share it, we would kind of even sometimes sit next to each other in the church and go. Because we knew exactly what he was going to say. He would recite his story over and over and over again. And, and I, you know, what many of you don't know, I'll share a bit of it with you, is that he was actually a, a kid preacher. He was third generation third generation preacher. And he started preaching when he was a kid and preached all the way through his young adult life. And he would share his story of how he would go on to make some bad decisions in his young adult life. And he ventured off and he went a different direction. He would engage with the other side of law enforcement, if you know what I mean. He would engage with the other side of the jail bars, if you know what I mean. that means not visiting people anymore of becoming a resident. He tells the story of how uh, uh, after, uh, you know, making these bad choices, he would engage in a life of drugs and violence and these other things that, you know, I I couldn't even imagine because I've known the man, man 41 years, and this all happened before I knew him. Well, that sounds weird. He is my father biologically. This all happened before I was born, and I'm 41, so let's put it that way. So I didn't know this person, but it was a story that I heard that he would constantly share. And so when he would share the story, sometimes to me it felt a little redundant as a kid. And I would, why does he always tell the same story? All these people are saved. We're in his church. They're all believers here. And we would go out and we would do ministry out on the streets. And, and it made sense to me why he would share his story there, Al. Al. Because these were people who were on drugs and these were people who were in gangs and these were people who were struggling. They needed to hear that story. But why would he always tell it so much in, in the church? He would go on to tell how after he had left the Lord, he came back to God and he says, Lord, I don't want to live this life. This is not the life that you called for me. And he went up to the altar and he gave his heart back to God and said, I'm completely yours. I completely give myself back to you. This is not the life that you called for me. I surrender here. I surrender now. I surrender it all to you. Use me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. See, I told you I remember the story verbatim instantly he says he was filled with the baptism of the holy spirit began to roll around speaking in tongues the lord just blessed him he got up and he left that place and he went and he told my mom he says god delivered me today god delivered me today i'm not touching those drugs anymore i'm not touching the alcohol anymore that my life has been changed and my mama's was standing there she says that is amazing i'm so happy to hear that but friends the drugs he was on were not the drugs that you walk away from overnight I've sugarcoated this, but he shared his story openly and shame on me for trying to sugarcoat it. My dad tells a story he was using heroin daily. That is not a drug that you walk away from overnight. So when he told my mom, I've been delivered instantly, set free, not gonna touch it anymore. My mom smiles and goes home and hides the jewelry, hides the expensive coats. Hides her savings that she had been saving. Rumor has that she even hid the toaster because she was afraid he was gonna wake up in the morning and look for something to sell because he had got rid of everything. And I mean, it was when he woke up in the morning, he, she found him at the table reading the Bible, praying to the Lord, still thanking God for his deliverance. And after over 45 years in ministry, that was the story he told to never touch it again only because of jesus only because of the grace of god and so i I would ask my dad but why do you tell that story to people all the time in the church and in his wisdom he said this to me when i tell my story i'm always reminded of god's amazing power and i'm reminded that his grace is never lost on me and that is a story i need to hear and that reminds me, when we tell our story, friends, our own faith is reinforced. Our own faith is restored. And we know that we're living a life that God has called us to live. Friends, our, our story is victory over death. Our story, there's so many blessings wrapped up in there, and we need to also be reinforced. And they serve as a reminder where we can look back over our lives and see that God has been faithful. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23 tells us, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. When we tell our story, our own faith is reinforced. And finally, when we tell our story, we have victory over the enemy. We see in Revelations 12, verse 11... And they, the brethren, overcame Satan, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Their testimony being their story. And they loved not their lives unto death. Let's be clear. Our victory is in Christ's blood. And it's in his salvation that's been offered to us. But it's also through the honesty of our story and the word of our testimony of what he's brought us through and where he's brought us to. There's, there's a scene from The Lion King where uh, Simba gets into some trouble with his uncle, Scar, and he ends up leaving, and he's a baby cub, and he ends up leaving, and uh, he's out in the wilderness somewhere, and if you've seen the, the cartoon, I've seen it a thousand times, we have a bunch of kids, and, 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 and Mufasa, his dad who's dead, shows up and appears to him in a vision and says, Simba, remember who you are. Remember who you are. So he's encouraged by that, and, and he goes back, and he conquers the land and receives victory over, over that situation. And, and while we're not trying to conquer a land, let's be clear, we're fighting an enemy every single day. We are fighting an enemy every single day who would try to rob you and who would try to steal away the victory that God has promised and God has given you through salvation. And, and that's why First Peter tells us in 5.8 to be alert and be of a sober mind. Because your enemy, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Now, that's just coincidence. I referenced the Lion King. I I didn't pair those together that way. But there is an enemy who is after us. And the authority that God has delegated to you through his power and through his grace and through his spirit is wrapped up also in your story to receive victory over death and to receive victory in our lives. Our story of Christ's salvation, it gives us victory over the enemy. And so it is important, church, that we not just celebrate with those who share their story, but that we tell a dying world our own story. And you may think your story is pretty boring. I thought that for many years. I thought my story was pretty boring because I grew up in the church. I didn't really do too much. I mean, none of us are perfect. I certainly was not. You can ask my wife. She's known me almost my entire life. I've made mistakes. I've made really dumb decisions. I've made really dumb choices. But I still felt like maybe I didn't have the coolest story that some others do. But every one of us have a story of what Jesus has done in our lives. And there's someone who needs to hear it. There's someone who needs to hear it. The world needs your story, church. Are you ready to tell it? Are you ready to tell it? I am invite our worship team to come, up, come back up as we... Get prepared to wrap up this morning. If you remember nothing else today, if you remember nothing else from this message, recall this, that Christ is calling you to tell your story. And the goal of telling your story is simply to point people to him. To point people to him. When Moses was called to leadership in in the book of Exodus chapter 3 and 4, you can go back and read it. It was a long calling and he kicked and screamed all along the way. He had feelings and he had concerns that you might have today being challenged to share your story. God's call to you and me is not as flashy as a burning bush where God is audibly speaking to us through that bush. But his invitation to you and his promise to support you are just as strong as they were with Moses that day when God called him into leadership to be a voice, to speak and to lead. And Moses' first reaction was reluctance and, and it was fear. But when God gives us a task, it can sometimes seem so overwhelming. Thinking of sharing your story with your coworker, with your friend, with your neighbor, with a complete stranger may seem really overwhelming. And you may feel ill prepared to do that you may not feel like you're ready to do that nowhere near ready well Moses was nowhere near ready he stuttered, he had all kinds of issues he had just killed someone I mean he was not in the right place but God chose him and God has chosen you he's commanding us to go tell the world this story Moses even had the the goal to argue with God a little bit pointed out all the things that are wrong with him. You may do that this morning. There's still so much wrong with me, God. I'm not ready. But God already knows your shortcomings. God already knows my shortcomings. He still wants you to tell people what he's done in your life. He still wants you to tell people what he's able to do. You might just be nervous this morning, but when you do that and you share your story for the first time, and you see what God does in someone else's life as a result, well, you get addicted. You can't wait to tell someone else. You can't wait to share it with someone else. Because what happens when you speak and allow God to move, it's amazing to step step back and watch the Lord do what only he can do. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be scared. You know, you'd think after 20 Three years of preaching. I wouldn't get nervous to get up here anymore. The reality is I'm nervous every single time. Pastor, you'd think he wouldn't wouldn't get nervous to get up here. We still get nervous when we get up here to preach God's word. Because there's so much at stake. I was driving to church this morning with my son Moses or Malachi and and he asked me, nervous dad? I said, son, I'm always nervous when I'm gonna preach. And he reached his hand with my little his little hand and he prayed for me. And in his prayer, it was powerful. He said this, God, remind my dad that the people will be changed because of you. And that's all I needed to remember. It is not about me. It is all about God. This morning, it is not about you. It's all about God. It's not about what you say or what you say perfectly or what you say wrong. Just open your mouth and share this story of God's salvation in your life. In a moment of reflection, I'll just ask if we could just all bow our heads. Cause your next thought, your next question might be, well, Pastor Moses, I hear the challenge. I hear the message loud and clear, but how do I share my story? How do I do that? Well, sharing your story is as simple as one, two, three. One, just tell people where you were when Jesus found you. Paint the picture of what your life looked like when Jesus came in and saved you. Two, tell people where you are today. Tell people what He's done in your life and what it looks like today. And tell people where he's taking you tell people that you're bound for heaven now as a result of giving your life to him this is where I was this is where I am this is where I'm headed it's a simple way to tell your story and there's so much power in that and to my friends who are here this morning who are saying to yourself I'm glad that all these people have a story to tell But I'm still living my story. I'm in the thick of my story and it's a painful story. I kind of relate to that man because I'm in misery this morning. I'm suffering this morning. I'm hurting this morning. I'm still on drugs. I'm still living a life I'm not faithful. I'm still doing all those things that you're celebrating. I'm still living there. I'm still in the tomb that you referenced. I'm in sorrow, I'm hurting. I have no story to tell yet, but you're here and you're alive. You're watching online this morning. Like Joel said last Sunday, we like to say around here, if you're still here, he's not done. If you're still around, your story's not over. You may be living your story still, But this morning, I would invite you to give God the pen and say, Lord, finish writing my story because I've made a mess of it to this point. I've made a mess of my story. I wouldn't want to read this story. Take the pen. Finish writing my story, God. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I want you to take control of the rest of my story. And I'll tell it. I wonder if there's anyone in this place this morning. No one's looking at you. All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed. But I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you up or embarrass you. But is there anyone in this place who maybe might say, I want God to take my story and finish it for me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. God bless you. Lord, sees that hand. God bless you. God sees that. God bless you. Anyone else who would say, I want to give my heart to Jesus and ask him to finish my story? God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. Five people this morning. Raise their hand who are God to finish their story. Six people, another one. Seven people, another one. Eight people, hallelujah. God, we thank you this morning nine people, I'm only telling you these numbers guys because I want you to know that God is moving in this place this morning and these nine people who raise their hand who want God to finish their story want to give their life to Jesus imagine what happens when you leave this place and you now go tell others about your story that nine turns into more and we start taking stealing away from the enemy and we'll put people back into the hands of Jesus where they belong those of you who raised your hands this morning and and the rest of us, let's just together, if we would stand to our feet, let's just say this prayer. And if you mean this with all sincerity in your heart, the Bible says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you hear people say, oh, I've been saved, that means that they've given their heart to Jesus. They've called on the name of the Lord, and they've surrendered and said, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm yours so if you want to pray that prayer with us this morning I just invite you to simply repeat after me say dear Jesus I come before you this morning far from perfect I'm a sinner today but I heard this word and I know that you can save me and this morning I surrender my heart I surrender my life to you God, come into my heart. Take control of my life. I give you this pen. Finish writing my story today. I give you my love and ask you, Lord, to move in my life. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I praise you. Amen. Friends, if you tell your story, people will hear hope and life. As our prayer partners come up and take their place this morning. If you tell your story, people will hear love that never gave up. If you tell your story this morning, people will hear victory over he, over the grave. And they'll hear freedom. They'll hear deliverance. If you tell your story, people will receive grace that is greater than any sin. We celebrate with those nine who raised their hands today and gave their heart to Jesus. And we just want to make ourselves available to you if you've prayed that prayer and you just want to pray with someone. Pastor Linda's here. We got our prayer partners. Uh, Cynthia, I'm going to ask if you'll come on up and help us up also up here. We've got prayer partners here this morning who just want to pray with you, who want to be with you, come alongside you. Maybe you want prayer this morning and say, I just want pray for me. I want some confidence to be able to share this story. We want to pray with you. We want to agree with you. You just need prayer. You've got uh, some difficult situations in your life. You need prayer over your body. Someone asked me this morning, when you call for prayer, I, I, can I, I, I need healing. Can I, can I go up or can it only be? Friends, we just want to pray with you, whatever it is. We want to be with you here this morning. So as the worship team leads us in a final song, let's just worship where we are. And if you want prayer, we're here this morning. We want to agree with you. In Jesus. Name. Once again, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Special thanks to those of you who give so generously to make this ministry possible. If God has put it on your heart to give, please visit our website at pacificchristian.net. And if you enjoyed today's message, please consider subscribing, sharing with your friends on social media, and giving us a rating in iTunes. This will enable us to expand our reach and share the message of Christ with more people. Until next time, God bless.